Welcome to the Truman Charities Podcast, a community of caring. I am Jamie Truman, your host. I'm one of the co-founders of Truman Charities. Our organization has raised over $1 million for several different charities as we share our message of helping others and paying it forward. We plan to continue to educate our audience on the culture of giving. On this podcast, I will interview fellow charity founders, volunteers, sponsors, and other people in the community who will share their stories. You will hear and be inspired by their selflessness and passion for helping others. Welcome to another episode of A Community of Caring. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast for your chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card and my favorite gratitude journal. Please screenshot your review before you hit submit and send it to me via Facebook at Truman Charities or Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities. Now, let me introduce my guest today, President and CEO of Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind, Tony Cancelosi and Senior Director of Communications, Jocelyn Hunter. How are the both of you today? Do you want to go first, Jocelyn? I'm fantastic. <laughs> great. Greetings. Thank you for hosting us. Happy to be here. Oh, great. You know, I'm so excited to talk to both of you. You know, Tony, I'm going to start out with you. Now, what drew you to become the President and CEO of Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind? Well, it started a long time ago. I've always been involved with people with disabilities in my prior jobs. And uh, the opportunity came about when I was uh, the chairman of the board of an organization called Service Source uh, here in Virginia. And the opportunity came where I was presenting to the Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind an award on winning a major contract. And I just happened to be the chairman of the board of Service Source, giving them the award to be a partner with Service Source. So that's how I got to meet them initially. But over the years in working with people with disabilities and Service Source was an organization that still is helping people with Down syndrome and autism and so forth. Then blindness came into my life when my father was very ill and he lost his sight due to his illness and realized at that moment that when he lost his sight, he almost lost all his enthusiasm to live because he couldn't see us anymore and, and being quite ill. And so that always stayed in my heart and in my mind. And so when the opportunity came several years later, Columbia Lighthouse came into my life and I said, well, that's, yeah, I'll take the job. So I was quite happy. Oh, that's such a touching story. Now, can you tell the listeners that don't know a lot about this organization, what is Columbia House Lighthouse for the Blind's mission? Columbia Lighthouse, we just celebrated our 121st year. Oh, my now, gosh. That's exciting. I know. I know. I, I, I'm on the board of another organization called St. Well, Providence Hospital, and they're going to celebrate 160. So I was a rivalry between the two of us. They're 160. <laughs> we're 121. But we're one of the oldest nonprofits uh, in Washington, D.C., actually in this region. It started in the 1900s with people who had a mission to help their children who were visually impaired. And it came to a point where it's true today of people with children with disabilities want to know how they're going to be taken care of as they're getting older. And so they said to themselves, we need to train our children or give them skills in order to be self-sufficient. So that has been the story for Columbia Lighthouse for 120 years, treating the whole person from birth to death and giving them the opportunity to compete for jobs, be part of our community and be totally active and being participant and participate in all the things that we do. 
And so our mission is to treat that whole person to be that. All right. Now, is there an individual that stands out to you that has really thrived from one of your programs? Well, there's so many. And I guess if I mention one name, I might have to mention everybody's name, but I'll mention one person, a person named Ray Razor, who was grown up in D.C. And unfortunately, he liked firecrackers. They went out and bought firecrackers, 4th of July, and they blew up and lost his sight at a very young age. But he then attended school and then attended uh, Columbia Lighthouse programs and our summer camp. He did everything. And today he's a vibrant individual in the community on the radio show. He's a pastor of a church. He's just done amazing things. And we're going to give him some honor uh, at this event that we're going to have also. But he's a perfect example of a stand-up person. And the respect of the blind community for Ray is amazing. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that story. Now, since becoming president and CEO of Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind, what have you learned about uh, these individuals that really has surprised you? Well, the thing that surprises me is the fact that they don't stop giving themselves to others. Uh, They're very generous. And more importantly, is their self-esteem goes up enormously when they see that they can do a certain job or they get into our training programs and realize that they can be very productive. More importantly, that they can be independent. They'd be able to ride Metro themselves, do all kinds of events that we might have. They participate, that they just don't sit home and do nothing. They're lively. They're part of our community and they just stand out. And that's fantastic. Now, since we've heard about all the great things that your organization does for people, I want to get a little bit more into the actual programs. So I want to ask uh, Jocelyn, if you can step in and help us and talk a little bit about these amazing programs you have. And first, I want to start out with a low vision program. But before you tell us about the program, can you tell us exactly what is low vision? Certainly. Low vision is a clinical term that means that even with the use of a conventional method to correct your eyesight to 2020, it's not correctable. So conventional methods such as glasses or contact lenses, individuals with low vision might choose to wear lenses, but those lenses usually do not correct the sight to 2020. Okay. People who have low vision usually have usable vision where there is still the ability to function with the use of some of the sight, whether it's the use of the sight with mobility, getting from point A to point B, or the use of certain technologies where they can still use their eyesight coupled with magnification that will allow for reading of information and seeing images on screen. Okay. Well, thank you so much for explaining that to all the listeners and myself. Now, can you tell me a little bit about the low vision program that you guys offer? Low vision programming is one of our core areas. We have a low vision clinic in our downtown Silver Spring, Maryland office, where our doctor sees patients regularly and happy to announce that the low vision clinic reopened this summer, after there was some safety lifted with the pandemic, and we are remaining very cautious and mindful of the government's CDC 
guidance and we're practicing all protocol while serving the needs of our patients. Oh, that is fantastic news that you guys are able to open up. I'm so happy to hear that. And in addition to the clinic, Okay. We have a mobile eye care. Oh, I was just about to mention that. I want to hear all about it. So the mobile eye care unit has been out on the road now for several years, serving the needs of the community, particularly our community that might not have ready access to vision care. The mobile eye care unit is in place to go out on the road and to meet people where they are to serve populations who might have diabetes, which could lead to diabetic retinopathy, the leading cause of blindness among working age adults. Hmm. And through many of our partner organizations, we're able to serve the community. For example, we have support from Healthcare Initiative Foundation, commonly known as HIF. They're headquartered in Montgomery County, Maryland. We work very closely with many of the clinics in Montgomery County, as well as Holy Cross Hospital, in order to serve the needs of the community so that there is ready access of vision care. That is fantastic. Now, can you talk a little bit about your rehabilitation services? These are great. Very essential. Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind provides rehabilitative services to adults who are experiencing vision loss, who are either completely blind or may have some sight remaining. And so just functional example is we have a colleague who works to train individuals on how to live independently in his or her home, how to properly do chores, how to make a bed, how to organize a closet, how to cook and clean in a safe and independent manner. And this individual, this team member, Annie, can go into the consumer's home safely, as well as have scheduled trainings called the Foundations of Adjustment to Blindness inside of our downtown Silver Spring office where there will be, in the coming weeks, a small group session where these individuals can learn together under the instruction of Annie, who is a certified vision rehabilitative services trainer and a mobility instructor, to give them the proper instruction, the proper tools on how to remain independent and safe. So it's a very essential area. I was going to say that this is something that I love about your organization because a lot of people wouldn't think about these essential things that someone needs to know and learn um, to live on their own. And you guys have really kind of peeled it back and you know exactly what these individuals need. And I love this program that you have. It is uh, touches my heart. Now, I want to know, do you guys have any annual events that you hold for the children? We do. And in fact, happy to announce, we just concluded a very successful hybrid summer youth employment program where our young adults from around the region work together to learn skills around independence and employment, getting them ready to transition either from high school or 
through vocation or through college. And this summer, they participated in virtual internships and received compensation for their work. They learned really important skills under the direction of Bethany, one of our teachers of the visually impaired and mobility instructor, giving them really necessary skills on independence, how to travel independently, financial literacy, fitness, you know, again, to build the confidence to stay healthy. And they learned together as a team. They even did some fun nutrition exercises on Fridays, they would cook together and them how to safely prepare a meal, a lunch meal. So it was a really special time for them. Mm -hmm. That's such an important program. Yeah. I'd like to interject on that a little bit. Well, I got invited to have lunch with them and actually they made a wonderful lunch for me at the part of the program. And I had a great time having lunch with them. The really important part of that program is they now can communicate with anyone about how to cook. And it was really interesting. I said, well, wait a minute, you got this, you got that. And they made waffles one time, the second time I was there, they were absolutely delicious. So, but it really proved one thing by being around them, their confidence is enormous because now they've achieved something that they never thought they could achieve. And I think that is the significant component of our program is giving them this the confidence to succeed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is so important. I love what you guys are doing for, you know, the youth programs that you have. Now, can we talk a little bit? I know in September, it's going to be one year with your partnership with the Army National Guard Employment Program. Can you tell us about this program and why you think it is so important? Well, it started about two years ago, and um, we have a program that trains people to do digital data scanning, scanning documents. And all of our programs uh, come out of a program called the Ability One Commission. And that one Ability One Commission then disseminates opportunities through different organizations, whether it's the National Industries for the Blind. In our case, that's where we get it. But over the years, we had won government contracts to do digital scanning. And because of our performance of the ability to do large amounts of scanning, we found the opportunity for us to show and demonstrate to the government that we could handle a major national contract. And so about two years ago, we demoed and then About eight months ago, nine months ago, they came before the pandemic. They said, "Mm, you're doing a great job. We submitted our proposal and we won a five-year, $15 million contract. Oh, my gosh. That is so exciting for you guys. Well, the most exciting part of it all is the fact we hired 38 individuals and 28 of them, well, more than that, 29 of them are visually impaired or blind. That's the significant component. We have now almost, actually now it's 30 people that are visually impaired and blind earning double minimum wage. The significance of that is that this is a national program to prove that people with disabilities, i.e. visually impaired and blind, 
can do virtually anything they want to do if they're trained properly and have the mechanism for the opportunity to win. And we won that hand down, hands down over several organizations. And so we're very proud to have that. And it's a secured facility. We have a secure contract. It's just amazing for us for five years. And this will go on forever because there's hundreds and thousands of records, medical records that we're scanning. Oh, this is fantastic. Now, I know all the listeners now are wondering, how can I help? So I know you have an event coming up in the fall. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm going to let Jocelyn describe a little bit about it. But the concept is that every year we've been able to have an event. And unfortunately, over the last 18 months or whatever, because of the pandemic, we've had to change and we had to go virtual. And we had a very successful virtual one, but we like to be in person. But but I'll have Jocelyn give you an idea of how we want to do that. Thank you. This fall, our hope is to reconnect safely in person with our community. And the format would be at a local Washington, D.C. facility where we could host a small reception style gathering. And even if people are not able to be with us in person, we are appreciative of support that could be shared with us via the website, com donations, or mailing, just in an effort to increase the services that we are able to provide to meet the needs of our community. Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind serves the entire Washington, D.C. region. We serve people of all ages who are blind, visually impaired, and people who are deafblind. So there is significant amount of support needed to support our mission day to day. And we are so grateful for the continuing support that we've received throughout the years, especially throughout this pandemic season. Mm -hmm. And we thank the listeners in advance for their willingness to support us if they just now hearing us for the first time, or if they would like to continue the support. Now for all the web address. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you for all that good stuff, but right before you give us all your web address and all your social media handles, so we can follow all the wonderful work that you do. So the listeners are going to check back onto your website to find out more information on your fall event. When you guys are able to get those details and right when you get on the website, when you let us know exactly which website is, can you tell us where is the donation button, right? So if someone, if one of the listeners is like, you know what, I love absolutely what you want to do or you're doing, and I want to support you guys, how easy it for them to navigate that website? Where is that donation button? Thank you. So our website is clb.org, and we have a bright yellow donation box at the top of the homepage where our listeners can click and get detailed directions on how to support our mission, our organization. There are additional places for donation information, as well as the Get Involved page of the homepage. And that's again, clb.org where listeners can find out more about our programs and services, make donations online, 
or obtain our mailing addresses to mail support contributions to our organization. Perfect. And what are your social media handles? At Columbia Light. We're on all social media platforms, except for TikTok. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I love and we it. even have a YouTube channel. Oh, we have a lot of great videos and right. moments that we've captured through the years that we invite our, the listeners to tune in and to hear firsthand from our community, from our consumers of the impact that CLB has made. Great. I'd like to add something here that I think is very important sure. for people to know. And one of the things is the demographics. How many people are visually impaired and blind? And how do we need to let them be aware of how blindness could happen to them? Just in this region alone, there's more than 60,000 people that are considered visually impaired and blind in Montgomery County, Prince George's County, D.C., and Fairfax County. We're finding that one in three people can lose their sight over the age of 65. Oh, wow. Due to macular degeneration, due to diabetes and obesity, diabetic retinopathy is becoming one of the leading diseases for vision loss. And when you start to think about vision loss, it's not a death sentence, but it takes away your ability to navigate and be part of the community unless you come to Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind, and we can teach you how to do that. And with 125 million baby boomers, and you take one in three can lose their sight. And the, di the demographics are enormous. There's more than 20 million in the United States out of 316 million people in the United States. So this is something that people are totally not aware of in the sense of the demographics and the aging population. And what really needs to be done is people need to go and get their eyes examined once a year. We have a clinic that they can come to. They need to go to an ophthalmologist. But in the next two to three years, we're going to have a major macular degeneration issue and diabetic. This is more than any other disease that's out there. And because people will still be living, but have blindness in their community. And we're here to help them for another 120 years. So they need to understand the dynamics and the demographics. You know, thank you for sharing that because I don't think a lot of people know, and I certainly didn't know, you know, one in three, that's, I mean, that's significant numbers that you're talking about. And I and don't think a lot of Hopkins. That. Yeah, it comes from all kinds of analysis. And I'm not going to say follow the science, but the science is out there for vision loss. John Hopkins and all, we're all partners together. So it's a crucial thing for our aging population to know that Columbia Lighthouse is there to help them because aging in place means that they're going to need services that come to them. And that's why we have a van. We should mention our partnership with Providence and Ascension Hospitals. We are going to be getting a new van with them. They've been generous enough to give us money to buy a new van. So we're going to be covering this whole region with another van oh, because of the increasing numbers. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. I want to thank you again, Jocelyn, for explaining all of your great programs and all the wonderful work you do. And of course, Tony, thank you so much for explaining 
everything about your organization and why it is so important to you. So again, I want to thank the two of you for taking the time out today to speak to our listeners about your organization. And I want to thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of A Community of Caring. Until next time, guys. If you would like to learn more about our organization, please follow us on Facebook at Truman Charities or Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities or check out our website, trumancharities.com. I hope you enjoyed listening and hearing stories of selflessness and caring. Thank you so much. And I will see you next time.